0: listening to the Thornapple Valley Church podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Well, welcome again everybody. We're in this new series called Now and Later. We just kicked it off last week and if you missed that, I encourage you to go to tvcweb.com and you can go back and rewatch any of uh, any of these talks. And I hope that they're a blessing to you uh, and a blessing to your families. But we're we're kind of exploring this idea that by doing the right thing now, you increase your probability of doing well later. I sometimes find that this is one of those things that you just have to age a little bit to realize that the decisions that you make now will have an impact later on. I think on some level, the younger you are, the more sort of invincible you, you think that you are to things. And then you reach that aha moment where you go, wow, what I, that decision that I did make back then does have implications today. And so we're, we're kind of doing this, this series. And, and, and the whole idea here is it's how to prepare you to get to where you've got to get to later from where you currently are now that you just got to from where you recently were that you can't even remember. That's pretty much the idea. Everybody got that, right? Okay, repeat it with me. No, I'm kidding. How to prepare to get to where you've got to get to later from where you currently are now that you just got to from where you recently were. And for most of us that really, you don't even really remember. And here's what we know about going from season to season or going to what's next. Going to what's next means transition. It means that there's going to be change. Transition is actually fun, But change can bring a lot of stress. Change is where you get into the thick of it, into the weeds of it all, and it means it's going to cost you. And so I want to talk to you about moving from here to there. It's really, it's all about motion. It's about progress. It's about the changing of the seasons in your life. When I go to pack for a trip, there's a number of things that go into the bag for me, if you will. You know, you pack the essentials and whatnot, but there's one thing that is always you on my person that goes with me on every trip. And I don't know if this is the case for you, but I always pack some Dramamine with me. Because here's what we know about moving and moving through seasons. The challenge with motion is motion sickness. Does anybody have any issues with motion sickness? Um, several weeks ago, my, my boys and I went fishing on Lake Michigan. <clears throat> I have no idea why you're laughing. And uh, so uh, a, a dear friend from here at TBC who I met my first week here called up and said, hey buddy, I want to take you and your boys fishing. I said, all right, this will be great. So uh, we, we we went over, stayed in a hotel, got up way before God did, and <laughs> drove down to the shore of Lake Michigan. It was early, and we just we just began to drive and we drove for probably a good 45 minutes. I I said, um, how, how far from shore are we right now? He goes, ah, about seven miles. I said, oh boy. So I'm looking at my boys. Now, now it's like 6.15. They're eating beef jerky, you know, <laughs> drinking Mountain Dew. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not eating anything I don't want to look at the second time. <laughs> Nothing. Right? And so I'm avoiding that, and I'm thinking, man, I hope the boys are gonna be okay. I hope the boys are gonna be okay. Can I just tell you somebody? Everybody on the boat was fine except me. (laughs) And I remember, you know, I remember, you know, thinking to myself, "This, this is just not gonna be not gonna be good. You know, there's movement that happens in our body that confuses our brain, and you know, we have a hard time kind of keeping balance. And of course, then the inevitable happens, and I'll spare you the details. The same thing happens when we move from season to season in our lives. We're at a lot higher risk of being thrown off balance. I mean, let's face the reality. Some of you have been thrown the curveball of change that you did not ask for. It's been in a job. It's been in a relationship. It's been in, in so much of what we see going on around us. These have been some challenging times that we've been in. In fact, I I was talking to some colleagues recently who said we've never seen something more polarizing and divisive, even in the church, as the season that that we have been walking through. And there's there's tension in that. But it can be the simple things, starting school and ending school. My my boys have been homeschooled for the last year because things were so up and down, and we didn't appreciate the back and forth and all of that. So my wife said, I'm going to homeschool them. But this fall they're going to be going back to school and we're partially preparing for what that transition will be like for them. It could be starting a new relationship or maybe it's a relationship that ended and you didn't see it coming. And you've had to walk through the transitions of that. Maybe it's just simply having kids. I remember the first week of being a new dad, crying out to God for sleep, begging by week two, pleading, by week three, and then we had our second now, here in Barry County, Some of you are, you get to like your fourth, fifth, and sixth you 're pros by then, right but there 's change that comes with with that it's, maybe it's, maybe it 's not even having children. How many of you remember becoming empty nesters when the last one that was a transition wasn 't it? You take all that time of your life to prepare them, and all of a sudden it 's like they 're out it 's done. I, I remember moving from New York to here. That was just six months ago. And as far as the the transition goes, we were looking forward to that. And we've been enjoying that, but I would be lying to you if I didn't say, there have been seasons in the last six months that have been hard. Where you go, this has really been difficult in some ways. It's, It's hard knowing that both of our families are 700 miles away. I really felt it on my son's 10th birthday. Because we looked around the room and the only family really that was there was Chill was and I and, and, and our son Nathan. See, you, you feel those things. And then, and then I went through a major, like a, a big transition. I, I went to the eye doctor. And he, he examines my eyes. He goes, you must be about 45 years old. I go, how did you know that? He goes, "Because you're going to be wearing progressive lenses progressive. Do you know what it was like getting used to these things for the first three days? I'm tripping over myself. He's like, oh, just look to the middle. I'm like, you look to the middle, right? And then I, I said, he says, well, would you like to try context? I'm like, oh yeah, let's give that a try. I sat in that office for an hour trying to get those things in my eyes. as said, I'll stick to the glasses. What do you need when you know you might lose your balance? We all need something to hold on to. Something to anchor us, if you will, to hold, to, to hold us steadfast. I remember being out on that boat, and, and my buddy says, Just look at the land. I'm like, I can't see the land. He goes, It's there. Oh, yeah, i sure it's there, right? We need something that's going to hold us strong. What you and I need is an anchor. But I have to tell you something about the anchor. It doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is or the the shape of it or or, or whatnot. What matters with the anchor is what it attaches itself to. Not only do do you and I need an anchor in our lives during the seasons of transition and stress and change, but we need to know what we're anchoring ourselves to, that it's going to be strong and secure, and it's not going to let us be rocked, if you will. It's only as good as what it's anchored to. You and I need an anchor that will hold us in transition. And and, and so what do we hold on to? And I want to take you to the scriptures this morning, to, to one of my favorite passages, but one that might be a little bit difficult unless we kind of tear it apart and walk through it verse by verse. And that's what I want to do. And it's found in the New Testament of the Bible. That's the second half in the book of Hebrews. What should you and I focus or hold on to in transition? What's our anchor in the middle of it all? Whatever it is, you need it in your travel bag. And the writer says this, people swear by something greater than themselves. This is kind of deep, and I'm not sure I'm smart enough to fully explain it, but we all want something or someone greater than ourselves in times of change and transition. Look, there's a lot going on in the world right now. There's a lot going on, not only in our backyard, but in in our nation and in the world around us. It can seem uncertain. It can seem fearful. But I think that by the end, you will realize that we have a hope and an anchor that is greater than all of that. All of it. And it's important. Because what the enemy would like to do is say in the middle of change and transition, you ought to be afraid. Well, last time I checked, I think the scripture says perfect love casts out fear. So let's, let's see where we land with all of this in, in your life and in mine. People swear by someone greater than themselves. And then he goes on, he says, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all arguments. So there's, there's a, 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 a promise and an oath that confirms what is said And puts an end to to an argument. There was a promise, and then there was an oath that confirmed the promise. Let me give you an example with kids. I could say to my children, um, I'm going to take you to get ice cream. And for my kids, that's a good day. What I don't say to my kids, but what would take it a significant step further, is if I were to say to them, I swear on my grandmother that tonight we will go and get ice cream. Now, that sounds extreme, doesn't it? But here's the thing. If I make that statement, you better rest assured I better take him for ice cream. It's one of the things, I'm gonna take you for ice cream tonight, That maybe something comes up or whatever. But to swear on it, to make an oath, just makes it that much stronger. Why did that happen? Why does the writer give us this? He says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature Do we live in a world that's changing? Have we seen things around us change? Have we watched circumstances change? Does God change? No. No. God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what, that's, who are the heirs by the way? You. To the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Stay with me, you're going to see why this matters in a little while. God has an unchanging nature. Why does that matter? He goes on, he says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which is impossible for God to lie. Why did God make the promise and also an oath? Because God wants to show that he can be trusted. When God writes a check, the check will never bounce. When God makes a commitment, he will always follow through. He will not fail you. He will not fail you because he cannot lie. The problem, though, that you and I have is sometimes we hold God to promises he never made, and we get upset when we think he didn't come through. It's like when my son comes up to me and says, Dad, you promised, and I say, I didn't promise that. I didn't say that, I didn't make that commitment, but you're upset with me because you're not getting what you want, right? So let me just debunk a couple of Christian myths, if you will. I hear people say, oh, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Can I just say something to you? How many of you have been through things that were more than you can handle? But you go through those things And God meets you in those moments because the reality is in our humanity, or at least in mine, if I could just confess to you, when everything in my life is going according to my plan, I tend to need God less. So I actually believe that he allows some of the unknowns and some of the uncertainties and the things that are outside of my control to develop my character and to develop my dependence on him. That's why you want not fear when things are changing because here's the other thing I want you to know that the scriptures say. What man intends for evil, God intends for good. As Christians, if that's you, you ought to hold your head and say, God's gonna bring us, He brought us to it and he'll bring us through it. He'll bring us through it. So God will never give you more than you can handle? Not really. Or how about this? Well, God will give you everything you want. Can I tell you? Some of us would be in trouble if God gave us everything we wanted. God promises a life free from pain and suffering. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. I'm the higher way for you to take. See, knowing what God has and hasn't promised is really important. He goes on, he said, God did this. So that by two unchangeable things, the promise and the oath, in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled, now this whole fled, you have to understand, he's writing to a Jewish audience. All they've known is their Jewish construct, the system of law and ritual and all of that. That's all they know. And by the way, for centuries, like we go back to the very, very beginning, Moses and Abraham, this has been passed down and passed down and passed down. Now Jesus comes on the scene and things are changing. And the powers that be, particularly in the religious right, aren't all that happy with that. So these guys are fleeing, and, and, and by the way, people who are fleeing usually aren't encouraged people. That's <laughs> just how it works. And here's the hope, though. He says, fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged, and I, I, I love this. We have this hope as a what? Anchor. An anchor for our what? Our souls. Firm and secure. Your soul needs an anchor. Your body's going to fail you. I just heard the A word, arthritis? At 45? I had 20, 20. Listen, your body is going to fail you. You have the potential of losing a job. Your circumstances at times are going to fail you. Relationships at times are going to fail you. And they're gonna let you down. What I'm talking about is at the core of who you are, your soul. That's where you and I need an anchor. And especially in the times that we're in right now, our souls need an anchor. And that anchor is hope. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And he is the anchor for our souls, firm and secure. You know why? Because his promises are true. And if a guy comes along and predicts his death, how long he's going to be dead, and that he'll rise again and pulls it off, I'm following that guy. I'm following that guy. Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. Here he is, an elder in the Presbyterian Church, successful attorney, a real estate investor, who lost everything during the Chicago fires of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, He sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some business at home. However, while the ship was crossing the Atlantic, there was a terrible collision. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's daughters his wife anna survived the tragedy and when she she arrived in england she sent her husband a telegram can you imagine this would be the equivalent of you getting this in a text and his wife said saved alone what should i do Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during the voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck, the Spafford family called him to the top deck to tell him that they were passing over the spot where the tragedy had occurred. As he thought about his daughters, as he thought about his family, words began to fill his heart. An anchor, the anchor of his soul became greater than the realities of that moment. And of all the things a man could write after losing four of his children, here are the words that he penned.
1: with my soul it is well it is well with my soul
0: you see hope in the middle of the storm is an anchor for our motioned sickened souls. It's the anchor that says, when you could not carry yourself, God says, I'm carrying you. And I'm holding you. This isn't just any kind of hope. This is this is a God-infused, Jesus-sealed hope that will carry you through even when you can't carry yourself. See, our hope is anchored to God's presence, his protection, his purpose, and his promises. His presence says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The very last thing Jesus said was, I'm with you always till the very end of the age. See, see hope The hope of Jesus is the anchor that tells us we are not alone. And when we walk through circumstances and we go through things that we don't understand, it's God's purpose and protection that hope is an anchor that trusts God is going to use this. He's going to use it in my life. Is it possible? Is it possible that all the unknowns and this season of unrest, that perhaps God is going to use it for something greater than you and me? Because I have to tell you what I hear. From colleagues in New York and colleagues in California, is that the church is waking up. And I have to tell you, for a few decades, the church has needed to wake up. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if people poured in from the north and the south and the east and the west and they met the hope of Jesus here at TVC? Come on now. It's purpose and it's protection because people decided to put their trust in an anchor bigger than themselves. And here's what we know, the strength of any relationship is directly proportional to the amount of trust in the relationship. That's what you and I need. And and, and by the way, the promise in it all is that hope is an anchor that believes this is not the end. Or as my mom sang so beautifully at my grandfather's funeral, and my mom, she can't sing. But she sang... This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid down somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shores. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. This world is not your home. You and I are just passing through. And there's a beautiful place in glory called heaven that God's preparing for every one of you who put your hope in Jesus Christ. And that gift is a free one. And he's calling you to it. So I would just just say to you, it's never over because of what God has done. So I want to invite you today to start clinging to the hope now so that you won't be shaken later. When the storms rise and the uncertainties of life come, hope will anchor your soul. Some of you today, you feel a little bit stuck. You you, you struggle in your heart and in your mind. and, And we've got folks Standing by that, want to walk through, through life with you and, and help you find the hope. And, and maybe if that's you and you feel yourself caught in despair, just quick, quick side note just text TVC Hope to 77948 and reach out to someone who will confidentially listen to you. But there's some of you today that you've had taken life into your own hands for so long. And Jesus, the oath and the promise, is inviting you into a relationship with him. There are others of you that have been following Jesus and you're carrying some things you've got to lay down. And Sometimes one of the first steps in doing that is by saying to somebody, I, I need to lay this down, will you pray with me? So we're going to do two things right now. That maybe are, One of them's a little bit different, perhaps in stuff we've done at least since pre-COVID. First, I want to pray with you because some of you here today, the Holy Spirit is working in your life and saying, give your life to me and I'll carry you through. And today might be your day to give your life to Jesus. But some of you today need to take a step, a tangible step and let somebody pray with you. So when I'm done praying, I'm going to invite some of our prayer team to come and my my wife's here. She'll meet me down the front. We're just going to be across the way here and we're going to sing. And as we do, It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're going through or what you're carrying. Would you come out of your seat and find somebody down here? We'll stay as long as we need to to pray for as many people as we need to. But I believe that today is the day that God turns your despair into hope and shows you that he's willing to carry you through. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your love for us. For your mercies that are new every morning. If you're here today and you've not given your life to the anchor of our hope, whose name is Jesus, his arms are open today and he'd love to invite you into his family, to call you his son or his daughter. You simply need to say, God, I'm inviting you into my life today. I'm putting my hope in Jesus and my life is in your hands. Hold me and carry me. Thank you for the gift of a relationship with you. We love you. Now, Father, I pray for my friends who are here today that are watching online or sitting in this auditorium who are carrying a weight that it's time to lay down. As we open the front of this place today, bring us, God, to lay those things at your feet to find our hope in you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.